The Yanareddy farms a small 1.5 hectare plot of land just outside Kothapalli village in central India. About 10 years ago, the elders of his village came together to build a series of check dams to help conserve the diminishing rains. When we rely just on rainwater, the harvest was very unpredictable. But now, we are assured a good harvest whatever the rains that year. He is typical of the millions of small-scale farmers across Asia who by using better water management, fertilizers and insecticides have increased food production at a faster pace than the growth of their families. Over the last four parts of this series, I've made the case that populations in Asia are rising faster than food production and a crisis will develop if nothing is done. Discussing the looming global food deficit, a recent report from British NGO Oxfam posed a simple question. Is the answer to our food needs to produce more food, or is it simply to fix our broken food system? In the previous part of the series, I discussed the broken food system, and in this part, I explain the contentious debate over increasing food production. If there are increasing traffic jams in a city, the simplest way to deal with the problem is build more roads, not to restructure the city plan. And the same logic is true of the global food system. Recovering losses from poor food management and persuading populations to change their consumption habits is complex, but producing more food is relatively simple. Baz Bowman, who's head of the Crop and Environmental Sciences at the International Rice Research Institute, believes the task of doubling rice yields in Asia over the next 40 years is not an impossible task. Yeah, if, if I look at 25, 30 years from now, I'm, I'm extremely positive. Uh, and the reasons why I'm positive is, if you just look at current rice varieties that have been produced since the Green Revolution era, here in the Philippines, their yield potential is 8 to 10 ton per hectare. The average rice yield in the Philippines is 3.7 ton. It's around 4.5 under irrigated condition. So a huge potential to increase it. And we know that the technologies to grow rice and, and obtain 80% of the yield potential are there. Good fertilizer management, good water management, protecting the crop against pests and diseases. So if we look at, at Asia, Thailand, major rice exporter, exports 30% of the world's rice market. Average yield, close to 3, 3.5 ton per hectare. Yield potential, 6 to 8 ton per hectare. Philippines, same story. Myanmar, same story. If we look at these countries, tremendous opportunity to increase the yield. Um, then there are new technologies to raise the potential yield of the cultivars just by conventional breeding. Um, we hope to, to increase yield potential still 10 to 15 percent. Hybrid rice increases yield by 15 percent. So if you take, take those percentages with the opportunity to, to what we call closing the yield gap, the gap between what farmers currently get plus what and, and what they should be able to get given the current varieties and technologies, we should be able to produce enough in the next 25 to, to 30 years. Biotechnology crops, the engineering of seed variations by cross-breeding and genetically modifying native seed, not only provides possibilities to increase yields, but also to create more resilient seeds to pests and climate variations. 
but the practice is controversial as it involves introducing engineered crops into our food chain and potentially upsetting nature's balance. In Europe, where the debate is most fierce, the question of whether to or not use biotech crops is a lifestyle and business choice, but in Asia it's also a medical issue. The World Food Programme estimate that hunger-related illness kills more people every year than AIDS, malaria and tuberculosis combined. And according to UNICEF, half of the world's undernourished children live in Southeast Asia. Biotechnology scientists argue new GM crops like the vitamin A-rich golden rice have the potential to address some of the nutritional deficiencies and improve health in Asia's poorest communities. At the University of Philippines Los Banos, across the street from the International Rice Research Institute where golden rice is being developed, Professor of Crop Science Ted Mendoza promotes an alternative organic system of increasing yields. Combining drip-feed irrigation, water harvesting, intercropping and organic manures, he argues can have equally impressive results without the need to spray insecticides or genetically modify the seeds. Mendoza refuses to accept the food crisis even exists, he believes the scare is manufactured by the agribusiness industry, which he claims are the main beneficiaries from the commercial fertilizers, insecticides and seed variations that the farmers are encouraged to buy to increase yields. The thing is, uh, when there was first crisis, then we, they introduced this so-called green revolution, these high-yielding varieties, okay, coupled with uh, all these uh, uh, inputs, chemical inputs. Uh, so this is the second wave of what we now call green revolution, the bio revolution. So what is the difference? The, the difference is that this is a more potent way of addressing the food crisis, which will bring about more crisis. You know why? Because you are controlling the basic input, which is the seed. As I am about to leave Reddy's farm in India, his two young grandsons arrive with school bags over their shoulders. Sometime before 2050, they will both inherit half of the 1.5 hectare plot of land their father and grandfather now farm. Like their grandfather, they too will be challenged to double the crops currently being harvested, as well as dealing with the effects of climate change, if they too are to enjoy the same level of living they have today. Since my harvest increased, so my livelihood has gone up. We now eat good food, and we can send my grandchildren to better schools. But who knows what the future will bring.